0: Hello and welcome to this Clash of the Titles clash Countdown, the podcast that for the month of October pits two horror movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we got quite close to night time in 1987's Near Dark, which means today Tarantino, Rodriguez and Clooney team up as we ask if hanging out at the Titty Twister is as fun as we remember from 1996. It's from dusk till dawn. Where's the woman? What? what? The woman, the, the, host, the fucking hostage. Richard, where is she? She's in there.
2: What the fuck is she doing in there? She's that woman. Oh,
0: Richard, what's wrong with you? Before you flip out, okay, let me just explain what happened, yeah, ex- right? Explain to I need an explanation. So which film goes for the jugular and which will be dead by dawn, we'll know by the end of this show. So let's get it on. Welcome to this clash of the titles. Clash O In Calm down. Uh, 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 uh. Release the Kraken. Alright, Clashbutters, let's get poddling. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. cute. Oh, yeah, I like it. Reversioning the old, air. Uh, alright ramblers, let's get rambling. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, <laughs> a different take on it, a different take on it. Welcome to part two of this week's Clashoween Countdown, as we count down to the greatest night of the year, All Hallows' Eve, and of course, coming up is the verdict as to which is the better film, Near Dark. Or from dusk till dawn. But before that, it's time to dip into the digital mailbag and a weekly review from one of you. And again, thank you to every single person who takes the time to review the show. It is hugely appreciated by the three of us. Take it away. Chris Tilley, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. Uh This review comes from RS
1: McCall, and it's entitled Love Movies, So It's a Must Listen. And R. S. McCall writes, "I fear as this podcast rises to the top of all charts available, my choice will get lost in the distance. <laughs> I'll never get to hear Venom, Venom versus, versus Upgrade. upgrade. <laughs> Keep up the
0: great work. It's a good pairing, and we will do it. There is, yeah. there is no better pairing for those two films than those films. Yeah, no, I guess what we've delayed it slightly is like, what do we do Robocop with?" What are you thinking we do Robocop with?
1: Upgrades. It's a man who wakes up and he's got a frigging... He's a robot body, man.
0: Yeah, no. It's definitely And it's it. a fairer fight as well. But anyway... Uh Yes, that will be coming in the future. Okay, thank you very much for your review. Once again, please do leave us a review, Apple Podcasts or wherever you can review the pod. You can do it on social media. We read them out from everywhere or email the show. Uh, Have you still got access to the email? Because I know both uh, V and I and indeed you have forgotten the password, so you can never sign out of it. I'm still in. Right, you're in. I'm still in. Well, obviously in November, we'll be getting back up and running with the uh, reader suggestions for January. Coming very soon. Great. (laughs) January. Great. Let's get back to today. So on Monday... Chris was dealing with six vampires. So, once again, Vicky's doing the heavy lifting. Oh, she deals with hundreds of the blood sucking bastards in a movie. I'm predicting she will have no issues with whatsoever. (laughs) V, take us on a journey.
2: You might be surprised. Okay, two movies for the price of one or a movie of two halves. Talking of football clichés, how about never go back to your old club? Because timeline complexity is notwithstanding. Quinton, you've already achieved a high watermark in genre blades with Pulp Fiction, and this feels like a poor imitation of your own shit. Talking of shit, if you're a peerless writer-director with an unmatched ear for rat-a-tat dialogue and immersive world-building, maybe also don't be a terrible actor. Because in From Dusk Till Dawn, Quinton Tarantino plays murderous rapist Richie Gecko who I think we're supposed to give a shit about. Brother to smouldery potty mouth Seth Gecko, who I'm certain we're meant to give a shit about, even though he brutalises and kidnaps an entire family and absolves his brother of rape and murder by framing that as a pesky fetish. <laughs> the brothers and the Fuller family cross the border to a bar that looks like a triple X rated Alton Towers installation. <laughs> where Cheech Marin advertises the pleasures within the confusingly named Titty Twister, (laughs) given the main draw appears to be the availability of a very different part of a woman's anatomy, but maybe Pussy Puff was taken... (laughs) then everyone turns into hilarious vampires who absolutely do not sit to vampire rules or even the rules of their own film they're more like random zombies and absolutely no one seems to have a plan apart from George Clooney whose whole plan is fuck you beautiful children's doctor Doug Ross I'm a movie star now so I hold a gun a bit sideways and crack wise and leave Juliet Lewis in the dust because next stop
0: Batman apparently <laughs> <laughs> Woo! it's brilliant isn't it I mean yes I love that you captured the essence of From Dust Till Dawn.
2: Thanks, Alex. Mm. Um, I saw this when I was a student. I saw it after Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, but that, obviously, but I didn't see Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs when they came out. Um, but and I knew it was a mashup, so it didn't have that. Oh, my god like i knew what i was getting into um which i think is important what about you
0: did you enjoy it when you saw it as a student
2: ah i mean i i feel more down on it now i think i was like yeah fine whatever like Mm -hmm. i liked it and it is fun yeah um but basically the problems i had with it then have sort of intensified as i've I've myself ossified and become much more, you could say articulate, you could say angry. Mm. I don't know. It's the
0: second, (laughs) but do go on.
2: (laughs) But I think you're going to be surprised. The focus of my rage, possibly because I just cannot be fucking arsed with all the other stuff, Okay, is very much, very focused on a certain acting performance. Okay, so
0: people should know that the other stuff isn't getting a pass. You just can't be fucked to go into it. (laughs) Right?
2: because it's just, at this point, Mm. you know, uh, go on, sorry, i cut you off.
0: So, I I heard about this. I don't know who got to see it, because obviously it was an 18 when it came out of the cinema. Someone had seen it at school, and the only thing that they said, bless them, was, yeah, at halfway through, it really changes. But no one said, into a fucking vampire movie. <laughs> That's so when I finally got around to seeing this, uh, oh God, I'd have been 16, I, around, it was sort of mid-teens, and we rented it on video. We didn't know it was a vampire movie. Me and my friends watched it, and... Obviously, it immediately became one of the greatest movies we'd ever watched of together. Course, yeah. Because we were teenage boys. And at that point, this was just awesome. George mm. Clooney's a badass. Wow, that tattoo is fucking cool. Because <laughs> not everyone had them at that point. They weren't like, David Beckham's got one now. It's like, at that point, it was like, that's sick. Wow, and George Clooney. Oh, cultural appropriation. <laughs> yeah. He holds his gun sideways, a badass. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was just, it was this mad, mad movie. And we loved it. And this is the first time I've watched it since being a 16-year-old. And while perhaps my rage isn't as pronounced as yours, <laughs> I too went, holy fuck, Uh-oh. holy <laughs> fuck, this is a different movie. <laughs> and then I watched a behind-the-scenes documentary, Full Tilt Boogie, last night, which is on Apple, if you want to watch it, uh, which I would suggest you watch because it's fascinating and it's rare to see such a candid Making of documentary. Mm. It's mad the stuff that's in there.
1: Oh, well done for watching that. I'm glad you found it. When did you um, see it? I saw this. Uh, well, this was super exciting. It was the new Quentin Tarantino film, and it starred George Clooney. I love Dr. ER. Yeah, I too. couldn't <laughs> wait to see him in a movie. Like this was an exciting moment to see your favourite TV star in a movie. But it was my first year at uni. I had better things to go to the cinema, so I didn't see it at the cinema. I watched it on video, and I thought it was great apart from Quentin Tarantino's acting and Quentin Tarantino's character. Yeah. I found it un- I found that aspect of it unwatchable, and it's the reason I haven't gone back to it mm. in the years since. And obviously, you know, it's so much second-tier Tarantino as well. If you're going to watch a Tarantino film, it ain't going to be this one. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, so that is my history with the film. It is crazy, isn't it?
0: I mean, I don't think it affected me as much at the time. I do remember the bedroom scene with Gloria when I was watching that as a kid and that. I remember thinking, this is awful. Mm. It's just, it's insane. You it's touched on that. I mean, what they're, what they're clearly going for is a George and Lenny of mice yeah, and yeah. men vibe. Except that when Lenny kills the girl in mice and men, George, it's an accident.
2: And he, he doesn't get, he gets killed for it, doesn't
0: he? Yeah, he dies. Well, he, he hugs her too hard. And yeah. then George is like, oh, what have, have you, you done? You yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Certainly, and in this, like, it's like this. Do you think this is the same Quentin? <laughs>
1: it's fucking not. For a film this much fun and that is simply there for entertainment, I don't think it should be a plot point. Um, I think you can find something else for Richie to do that makes him a bad guy. Yeah, and it's just, it's just makes the film a bit unwatchable to me that I know that scene's coming and then I know that he's done that thing. Yeah. Um, to be fair, they said it's there because to to because they don't want us to think these are likable, roguish criminals we're supposed to be, be fine when Richie dies. Yeah. But for me, it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't think it has a place in in, in a film that's this much fun.
0: But, but you said it. It's like, but then it, it, that's fine. All of that's fine. But then they do. The film does make you, if not sympathetic for Richie, sympathetic for Seth having lost Richie mm-hmm. when he's like, no one touched him. You've touched him. I'll fucking kill you. I'm going to do this. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, what do you care? He's a rapist and a murderer. Yeah. You must know that.
2: Yeah, he does know it. But he's just like, just don't do it. He's basically saying, don't do it again. But
0: how does he know it? Like, I, I, I was trying to work it out because I was like, there's got to be some logic behind this. Like, has he been in jail so long? Because Richie's obviously broken him broken him out of jail and they've gone on this rampage. So is it like he's been in jail so long, he doesn't realise that Richie has reached this level of depravity? Yeah. Because why then would he even think to leave him on his own with the hostage in a motel room if he knew what Richie was capable of and this was going to happen. But
2: then that's even worse, because we will talk about it, but it's like when Seth comes home home to the hotel and sees Gloria on the bed, he could turn his brother in. He could do that. Mm. He could say, you know what, this is much more than I was expecting, which Mm. is why I left you alone with her in the first place. I know you're a little bit like trigger happy, but we're not doing this. But he's like, he takes him by the face and he's like, I love you, just can you not do that? We're off. Oh, well, they're, they're
0: God, in- you haven't done it a bloody game yeah, have you, mate? Madness. Well, their intent,
1: whether it was, they they nailed it or not, was that you have you should have a problem with Seth from that point onwards as well. The fact that he shrugs it off yeah. and, and sticks by his brother, you should have a problem with Richie and Seth. That was their intent. That's what they say on the commentary. That's why they wrote that scene the way they did.
0: But, it's just,
1: I don't know. I just feel like it has
0: any place.
2: It's there. nasty business is yes. what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a testament to just how charming an actor George Clooney is, even in this, that you get past that with him and you do want him to survive at the end, or at least I do, that I'm still taken with him as a kind of anti-hero, that I'm like, yeah, it's because it's George Clooney and he somehow manages to get away with it by being Clooney and sure, having that yeah. organic yeah. fucking charm. Have you met him, Chris? No, I have a man. I did him for. I did him. I did him for <laughs> monuments, Men And um, his best film. He, it's it's it is quite incredible to be in his presence because he just has this aura. Like he came in, sort of in this black sharp suit, sits down, chucks his scarf on the table, this silk <laughs> scarf on the table in front of him. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "What's going on with you?" <laughs>
2: Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about this film. Great. Although this is quite well known, isn't it? Um, And it's what I said before about the timeline. I'm just going to do a little bit about that. So in 1990, um, renowned special effects makeup artist Robert Kurtzman, who loves driving movies, low budget movies like Assault on Precinct 13, he has got a treatment and he needs a writer to write that up into a script um, and he wanted it to showcase his effects expertise as well, so he he hires some dude who works in a fucking video shop, aka Quentin Tarantino. Um, and it's like, oh, that's like a fairy tale kind of thing. But in fairness, Quentin Tarantino's script samples that Robert Kurtzman read are Natural Born Killers, True Romance, and Reservoir Dogs. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you got the job. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so then Quentin Tarantino is able to quit the retail business and then knocks out Reservoir Dogs for which um, Robert Kurtzman's company KnB did the effects and then Pulp Fiction. So then what you've got is Robert Kurtzman's got a script written by QT. No one gives a shit about it. No one really even cares about it after Reservoir Dogs but after Pulp Fiction things start to heat up. So Robert Kurtzman said the same people who told us the script was shit <laughs> were now telling us it was a masterpiece <laughs> which is how these things go. And then Robert Rodriguez is interested. He's like as hot as he could be, like after El Mariachi and Desperado. And it all gets much bigger. The the budget inflates, Mm. and Kurtzman because Kurtzman was going to direct it, so he steps aside, and that's it. We're off, kind of thing. Yeah,
1: they they said that on the commentary that basically excitement around Pulp Fiction meant they could get anything made Mm. and so they said at no point in time could they have ever done this and quentin said he would only rewrite the script if robert was directing because he suddenly realized because he wrote all these robert rodriguez moments in it without having met robert Mm. years before they they met and and you watch scenes in it that are like had become rodriguez's trademark that tarantino had already written yeah um so it's quite a funny thing but it does seem like a marriage made in heaven doesn't it tarantino and rodriguez
0: they they are two sides of the same sure
2: Uh, Casting. Quentin Tarantino is in it. That's wrong. Shouldn't be in it. So uh,
0: here's my hot take on that. Uh, (laughs) I do think it's wrong to have him in a movie he's written because it makes the whole thing feel very self-indulgent. Sure. In a way that you sort of go, is this a bit ropey because you're in it and you're just like you're not going to change your own dialogue? Like if if you weren't in it, like would you have been more on the writing side of things, a little more like, this doesn't work, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll improve this? And because you're in it, you're just like, hey, I'm a movie star now. I
2: think I've thought about it so much and I'm not going to articulate it brilliantly, and it's not fair to put all this on Quentin Tarantino, but because, that's has been really shallow and really basic for a second, because he doesn't look like George Clooney, he is like one of us kind of thing. Like he's just a geek and he did good and he's, fucking, he's incredibly talented. It's not like us in that way, but you know what I mean? Like, he's got a gift. When you hear... And it's all filters down the ages, and it maybe was a joke or whatever. But when he's like, "No, I'm the writer, and I get to do shit. I get to." Salma Hayek's got to put her fucking foot in my mouth. Mm. It's like you're not—you're not that guy. You're not supposed to be that guy. You're supposed to be one of us. When you were growing up, when George Clooney was growing up, he may have. Every right to expect that a woman might want to do certain things because he looks the way he does. But QT is meant to be like a nerd, basically. Yeah, And 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 it's uncomfortable when he doesn't act like one. I think
1: Rodriguez says it on the commentary when he'd added in these scenes of, you know, the, the foot scenes in the Ooh. film, and, yeah. and and particularly the dance scene that, that's all focused on him. Yeah. He said, this, that is Quentin Tarantino, the writer, taking care of Quentin Tarantino, the
0: actor. <laughs> what? I mean, that is gross. It is a bit. I will say, I, you both said it, I really, and I, I've seen him in other things, and I do think he's almost impossible to watch sometimes. I do not find him that bad here. I actually think this is quite good from Quentin Tarantino.
2: I think there's one moment where he's absolutely brilliant and you wouldn't want it to be played by anybody else. Mm. And it's when he says to Gloria, do you want to come and sit on the bed and watch TV mm. when it's directly take, connected? Take your shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> when it's directly, when Richie's performance is directly connected to his peccadillo,
0: mm.
2: he's brilliant. Anything else? No. When he's shooting people in the gas station. No, no, no. He's so distracted. Anyway, Mm. anyway, I digress. That's all I wanted to say about that. George Clooney's in it. It's his first leading role. Yeah,
0: well, grizzly too.
1: (laughs) But um, Tarantino said that, because Tarantino was obviously a big ER fan. He got to direct an episode once he became famous, one of the great episodes of ER, the one with Ewan McGregor in. That's amazing.
2: Amazing, amazing. But it's,
1: it's it's a Quentin Tarantino film in ER, which is such a cool thing about it. But that's where he met George Clooney. But he said, watching ER, there was a scene where um, uh, Dr. Ross realises that the, the, the father of a patient in the waiting room is a paedophile. <gasps> and he, and he, he storms out and he punches him in the face. And he said, that's when I knew he could be Seth. The
2: thing is, doctor, Dr. Ross is a children's doctor. and it's, So it's very difficult. I understand if you're George Clooney, you want to bury Doug Ross and yeah. trample all over him. But it's just the fact, it's such a fun cliche. He's smoking hot always and he looks after sick kids. I and mean, he, it's, it's he hard. Got, he
1: got criticised at the time for doing the head wobble in ER. Like It, it was head wobbling acting he would do, which, which directors <laughs> were, were trying to stop him doing. And it's interesting, I've got some Rodriguez quotes later about how he tried to make him... In to a movie star and how he tried to make him look pal- he's always shot from, from below and looking up at him and he yeah, just wanted to, a lot of that. He wanted to make him powerful but he says on the commentary if I can't make a movie star out of George Clooney I should go to jail
0: sure <laughs> <laughs>
2: the only other casting note was uh, Tom Savini's in it so of course he is like
0: I <laughs> and he's great the, I he's mean, fucking brilliant did a show in a row, yeah. he's, great.
2: he's better in this than he is in um, I think he, I forgot
0: the name of what's your name it girly it's Kate what's yours same machine. <laughs> <laughs> nice he's to meet you.
2: He's really good in it. All right, that's all I've got. So should we talk about the film? Mm. So this opening scene with John Hawkes, who I love yep. and would watch in anything, he's amazing.
1: Nice. Great. no idea he was in this. Neither did I. Because he wasn't com- famous then, was no. he? He was, was that
2: guy. Completely forgotten. Yeah, He's so good. And it is a bit of a shame that this scene where he's talking to the, he's a ranger, isn't he? Um, It's a shame that it's so good because the dialogue is like, you're like, oh, It's
0: it's Quentin Tarantino dialogue. It's pure Tarantino as well. It's so good. Rodriguez
2: said,
1: apart from uh, the pussy scene, this is the scene that made him want to, the pussy speech, this is the scene that made him want to make the movie.
2: Great. And and,
1: um, this is the only piece of casting that Robert Rodriguez demanded was Michael Parks, who obviously went on to use that character in Kill Bill and and Planet Terror and Death Proof. But that was the one. He said, I've written this for Michael Parks. I know his speech patterns. Mm. Wait till you hear him speak these words. We've got to cast him, and of course they did.
0: It's hypnotic. The pair of them are brilliant. It's great, but this is I think for me watching it this time. This was my first sort of glimmer of this wasn't going to be the movie that I remember because it, already you lift up the hood of this movie and it's ugly underneath. The fact that they kill the clerk because Richie lies yeah. and says to Seth, you know, he was he said help he gave a sign. He gave a sign. Yeah. and like you're like, and then they do, but they don't just kill him. It's like a fucking awful death where they set him on fire and mm. he's still alive live and he was playing ball with them and you're like... This doesn't sit well. Yeah. Like, it, it's fine if it's fucking natural-born killers because that's Mickey and Mallory Knox, but yeah. you're never they're meant to. And psychos. Yeah. Like,
2: it's fine. Like That's what you signed up for. Exactly. But here come these two that I so difficult.
1: I've got no
0: problem with this. Oh, I hate it. it. The other I thing I've it. got a
1: problem with, but I think, oh, it's a real... I'm now You're now challenging me, movie, to, to follow the journey of these guys. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, we're going to introduce some people who are actually good yeah. that and we I, can root it's, for. It's a
2: smart... It's, the timing's really smart that mm. you, that tension of like you are horrible are you supposed to be my protagonist and am I supposed to feel feelings for you and then you just transfer it all onto the Fuller family and that's easy to do because they're so sweet and well realised and stuff like that um, so yeah The the tension, the exposition in that scene is all fantastic and then Quentin Tarantino turns up and ruins it by being Quentin Tarantino, basically.
1: Well, to be fair, this is maybe the best decision he made is his character had a lot of Quentin Tarantino. Rich had a lot of Quentin Tarantino dialogue here that sounded like the way he talks. And on set, he cut out all his own dialogue. So he's just got those whispering scenes in in Seth's ear, which is a smart move, I think.
0: Yeah, I well, we'll come to it because I, I I read the uh, the original Quentin Tarantino screenplay for this in preparation for today, and there are certain bits that he's cut out that I've I've, I've brought with me today because I do think he cut out elements of Richie that would make us understand why Seth tolerates this monster Mm -hmm. as a brother and has given him a pass and has let him out because he provides a relationship to seth he helps seth in terms of what he says like in this he's just a fucking devil on his shoulder causing chaos Mm -hmm. and causing issues whereas in the actual script he provides it's a much more symbiotic relationship where richie does things that help seth interesting
2: so the brothers are off and then the plot is off you don't really know what the brothers want, I don't think, at this point. They've killed. You know, the, I, I think the, the drip feed of information is good. It's very grown up. But we, eventually, we're going to go to El Rey and, and all the rest of it. Uh, but it kind of doesn't matter because. Um, you, you've got these I think you're projecting a lot of John Travolta Samuel L. Jackson onto the two of them like just be them Like, because George Clooney is very engaging but he's like a 100% bonafide movie star and Quentin Tarantino isn't mm. so it's a little bit patchy for me um, and like I said I get the QT thing when they've got Gloria in the room and he says do you want to come and watch TV because it's so creepy and he's really good at that
0: You've got that uh, you've got that Wayne Gacy style news reporter as well talking to John Saxon. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> big, uh... and it's Kelly Preston is the. That's right. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The new yeah. Castor, yeah. And uh, I, that's that's really interesting because I think that news report goes on a bit long considering the FBI play no further part in sure, this. Yeah. But then I watched it and I thought about it and I was like, well, actually, what it's doing it's misdirection because it's basically hmm. it's saying this is going to be a chase movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's your big. There's John Saxon, the yeah. FBI guy. The Jared, they're going to be chasing them down, and so you're like, "Oh, okay, so Do, that's what movie it it's is doing
1: the psycho thing, where you think it's about the stolen money." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, El Ray's interesting. Do you know where El Ray comes from? Uh, have you ever seen The Getaway? There's the Steve McQueen Getaway, the Alec Baldwin Getaway.
2: Oh, maybe
1: uh, both based on a Jim Thompson novel. So in that book and in both those films, the criminals they're trying to get to El Ray over the Mexican border, but El Ray's a man. Ah, El Rey's a person that has a, nice. a sanctuary for criminals, yeah. where you can live, but it actually turns into hell when you get there. Sure. Right, and so that's where that's where they've used that. That's why they've called it El Rey El here, Ray. and and his TV station was called the El Rey Network. So this is mm. El Rey's a big thing for Rodriguez, okay. <laughs> and then you get Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah, in oh yeah, I yep. forgot about mm. that.
2: Um, so then we meet Harvey Keitel as Jacob and his kids Kate and Scott. <laughs> Why were you laughing? Nothing.
0: The the one thing I will recommend, and I do recommend Full Tilt Boogie, uh, uh, unless you're a massive Harvey Keitel fan, in which case, do not watch the interview that Harvey Keitel does in Full Tilt Boogie because Harvey Keitel to me is like, he's just a guy who's kind of cool and like fundamentally he's sort of like, yeah, you know, acting, whatever. Oh my God. He does a monologue that I watched and I was like, and at the end, he's going to (laughs) go. Joking. (laughs) Of course, I don't think like that, but it's about the humanity of acting and finding this exquisite centre and the stage and the unexpected. Mm -hmm. And it's so pretentious. I was like no 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 oh and then it just ends and you're like really wow okay they were worried that he would be too
1: powerful an actor for the cast yeah, and that he would act them off the screen and so they were, they were really happy that he was able to do meek they didn't know if Harvey Keitel could do meek right. and he does meek for some of this film but Tarantino tells a weird story where he got he said I was gonna if, if, if Keitel wasn't gonna bow down to me and uh, bow down to Richie then I was gonna bring a gun on set and I was gonna put real bullets in the gun and I was gonna point it at him so I feel the power so he could feel the power, and then." And then I'd show him. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? I don't
0: do that. Watch, honestly, watch at Moogie. There are so many bits in that that you're like, why, is, has this not, <laughs> why hasn't this been pulled? This should <laughs> not yeah. still be available. <laughs> this awesome. is mad. I mean, it's like there is no film set on the planet that is like this anymore amazing not least because of the whole the whole union thing as well it's it's honestly you put me onto it Chris but it's yeah. a fascinating was it was it educational because
1: one of the best books about filmmaking is Rebel Without a Crew that he wrote about El Mariachi and mm. then I remember watching this at the time and it was like wow I feel like I'm learning a lot here yeah it's very very much yeah, like he's that re- he's really good like that mm. good teacher
2: uh, Willie will talk about Morta Holmes after a short
0: break yay
2: All right, so the Fuller family, they've got a motorhome. Um, Jacob really wants to sleep in a bed, like sort of one last time, which in a real bed, which I found challenging because I used to own a motorhome camper van and that's the best sleep I've ever had in my entire life. Okay. I think about it frequently. At Those... the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> no, i was such a nervous driver. Are you joking? Because you
0: crashed into a bus when you were a child. Yeah, <laughs> I nearly. Jumped do it. It. <laughs> like, I was driving
2: through south of Frat. It was pissing it down. I've told this story before. Sorry, Chris. And I, I basically, I don't remember. It I couldn't see because the wipers on the Vamosor shit. The road was empty, thank God. But I basically just, <laughs> I just didn't turn left when the road went left, and I just drove into a massive bush. <laughs> We were, just, we were just stuck in a bush in the pissing down rain at the bottom of a hill. The van doesn't really reverse. I was like, brilliant. We can't go. We, the trip ends now. Like, we can't go to Europe because we're stuck in a bush in France.
0: Children, welcome to the bush part of the trip. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is one of France's most famous bushes.
2: But seriously, the beds are comfy. Okay. They're called rock and roll beds in a, a VW. And you, it's weird because this might make you feel grossed out because... You're really close to your partner, which she's normally like, "Oh, as if I want that." But then you're really warm, and it's really cozy, and it's nice. Oh. It's also your soul first, so you're like, "This is such a useful piece of furniture." Wow. <laughs> you're grossed out. You don't like to be too close. We have separate duvets. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so a little bit of motorhome chat. So the Fuller family. I mean,
0: you promised it. You promised it before the break, and by golly, you came through. There we not Tell lies about that Motorhome story. chat more than I expected, <laughs> to be perfectly honest.
2: The Gecko family. The brothers kidnapped the Fuller family, and then we hit the road. Uh, I, I'm sort of looking for scraps here about will You
0: eat my pussy.
2: That's really, she's so fucking good yeah she's so imagine having to do that for a living man like she you know you talk about the craft of acting but she must have that in her or feel like that because someone's holding a camera in your face and they're like can you say this but you've got to be dead
0: serious yeah she in the, you see her do it three times in the documentary yeah. and, and she's the one who after the second one, she goes actually the coffee's making me really hot can I do it again wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um, because the opening scene with John Hawkes the dialogue there was just so amazing I've i that's got me a bit high for that. So I'm really looking for that again. Hmm. And I do think the moment where Jacob explains how he lost his faith when he's talking, which gecko brother is he talking Seth. to? And it's just brilliant. Like when he's, you know, just normally a pastor that's lost their faith, a preacher that's lost their faith, you'd be like, well, cancer took her because that's just standard. But to be in a car accident, that's fine. You're like, okay, that's a little bit easy writing. But to be trapped for six hours, that's the bit. That's fucking great. Because there can be, there can't be a God for you. Like a car accident is one thing, but to leave her in pain for six hours, oh, it's brutal. It's brilliant. Very good. Um, Okay, so. We get to the border. This is where I said about you shift your allegiance and you shift your emotions. Because we've had quite a good look at Jacob's life, And because Kate and Scott seem quite well realised, so I love the scene where Scott is trying to convince his dad to tell the Mm. Border Patrol that they're being held hostage and Kate is in the bathroom and they're just really good and you switch your sympathies to that family and you hope that they survive. Mm. And you're still happy to watch the geckos. Obviously all the problems with Richie, but it's a fun ride to be with them. But all that pressure to care about them, I think, is relieved which is good, smart move.
0: I do like the bit with Richie when he's in the bathroom and he keeps raising his voice. Like he doesn't even, like you realise just how he's a burden. He yeah, yeah. Like the fact that he's shouting and then Seth obviously has to knock him out.
2: Which is satisfying for you because you're like, God fucking hit him because yeah. he's obviously irritating. Um, but it, yeah, it's very pleasing. But moment. that's why
0: I think it's good because I think Quentin Tarantino would be like that. And yeah. when, like I think he's very much like, hey, hey, how are you doing? Listen to this. Come on, listen to the story. And you're just like, oh, Jesus, man. I haven't had a coffee. It's shut up.
2: So we get to the Titty Twister. Yay! Um, hooray! Woo, woo! Before we're going to El Rey or meeting Carlos or something, it doesn't matter. I titty twister is a funny thing to see. Why is Cheech Marin banging on about something else entirely? Like it,
0: t- his second
1: appearance already. He's already but, been the border patrol. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in, th- um, in three times. Um, because w-
0: men like both.
2: But call it the pussy pub, like I said. Then. Hmm.
0: Do you want to hear how the script describes the uh, titty twister. Uh, the neon sign sits atop the rudest, sleaziest, most crab-infested strip joint honky tonk. <laughs> house in all of mexico
2: <laughs> that's not really a description <laughs> that's asking you to use your imagination but anyway we're inside there's uh do you want
0: to know what else he says this is this this is setting the scene outside uh, in the parking lot a biker and a truck driver beat the shit out of each other one with a pipe the other with a hammer a second biker fucks a titty twist against the wall I
1: liked it um, when Danny Trejo as Ray Charlie behind the bar is sort of trying to get them to leave. And I think, oh, he's trying to protect these people. I thought he was being good. And then I thought, oh, no, hold on. Mm -hmm. They don't want to. They don't want clientele in there that have families that will be missed and will come looking clever. Oh, okay. Truck drivers. Nobody's going to miss them. Long-haul truck drivers. And so that's the victims they want. They don't want a young family because that'll that'll
0: bring the police and questions.
2: Oh, that's clever. I've never seen
0: that. That was my reading of that anyway. So there's a speech that Richie gives to Seth as they're walking into the Titty Twister, which is what I was talking about earlier, where Richie actually says to... uh, he, He says, where are you? And Seth is like, I'm here with you. And Richie says, no, you're not. You're sipping margaritas in El Rey, but we're not in El Rey. We're here getting ready to go in there. You're so pleased with yourself about getting into Mexico. You think the job's down. It ain't. Get back on the clock that's a fuck with you bar we hang around there for a couple of hours in all likelihood we'll get fucked with fucked with so get your shit together brother which if that was included you'd be like that's what Richie does yeah when Seth is away with the fairies or thinks a job's done Richie grounds him yeah. and makes him aware of the fact that it's not over and you put that in you're like okay mm-hmm. so that's the thing that he provides seth with
2: it makes sense because when seth goes into the bar he's having a bit of a man off he's like have a drink with me have a drink. And he's like i'm obviously going to drink all of this mm. and you think well you you are working so yeah. why would you do that like it's quite uh, fatalistic but anyway like i said so there's some sexy dancing and then the sexiest of all is salma hayek's how do you say this santanico pandemonium is that correct um she said in an interview, there was no choreography. And you can fucking tell. I think it's such a mistake to not put a fucking dance number in there. Like, it's all in front of you. Like, she can dance. Everyone can dance. We've got a band. An actual, you know, a she's all that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, to which
1: I'm referring. So, what are you talking about? What's the problem with what she does?
2: She's not dancing. She's just avoiding a snake. Like, I mean, she should do a dance that you can I, do. What sort of dance? I don't know. What, what's, a what? sexy Cat, a, dance. A tap number? I d- I the don't... Charleston? I, well, I'll will do the dance from She's all that whatever.
0: <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. Do I mean, think it's, mean, it's, it's really sort good. Of, It's sort of very because the bar is kind of scuzzy and low rent and it's sort of like it, it, like it's sort of like very improvised and she's just in tune with Tito and the tar- and Tarantulas music. Yeah, and, yeah, like I I don't know. I, don't, I mean that's not just a teenage boy who watched this and went go bullshit. But no, honestly I watched it that. I really no
2: I just think Seth's like, that's what I call a show. And it's like, is it? It's it just was, a It snake. was
1: terrific. It was a terrific show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she licks the end of her yeah. leg. Can you imagine? She does do, do that. that. She yeah. licks
2: the end of her yeah. leg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who needs choreography? That's amazing. So if you were in that scene, uh, Chris, so we've got uh, Seth Gecko guy. Now that's what I call a fucking show. And you go, that was terrific. <laughs> terrific. That was absolutely word and- Terrific.
2: Um, we have yeah. mentioned this, but Quentin Tarantino, the man, gets to indulge his foot fetish because he's the writer. We didn't
0: know at the time that it was going to become such a I thing. I know, it's very yeah. uncomfortable
2: now because he. oh, I don't know. Put
0: it in my mouth, put it in my mouth, put it in my mouth, now, 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 mouth, go, foot. Mm.
2: Because I'm the writer. Blurk. I feel anyway. like he's
0: trying to damage us all mentally
1: with this, with this <laughs> the constant pushing of it.
2: Of the foot thing? Yeah.
1: I mean I'm all w I'm all for everyone having their kinks, but I just thought how maybe it pushed on me.
2: It's just it doesn't get much mainstream exposure, I guess. And no, he's, he's, he's doing his he's, bit. the vanguard. He's doing yeah. his <laughs> bit. So anyway, guess what? They're all vampires. There's there's some stuff with i Ke- I've read a bit about them going, Oh, it's Stockholm syndrome and it's like, Well, that's very clever. But it's not though. So <laughs> she she a vampire's gonna get Richie Richie, the fucking the bad one. Yep. And she's like, Richie, watch out. And it's like why would you do that? You'd be like, eat him. Fuck can eat him. Like, he has sexually threatened me and he keeps staring at my feet, so he's got a <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't mind the, you know, the, the Stockholm syndrome thing, but it's not earned. You can't just say it is.
0: It's, this is where me and Quentin Tarantino differ in, in one of many ways, but, like, the idea <laughs> of loving feet that much is, like, it's, it makes me feel a bit sick and when she puts her foot in his mouth, oh, my God, it's like, that has been on the floor, that is covered in grit and yeah, dust and bar grit, fluff. Yeah. It's gross. I did
2: wonder... I felt bad for you because he's like yeah he's like the other side of the you couldn't hate them more you couldn't love them more Mm. and there we are but then it didn't ruin it for you when you were 16 did it?
0: No. No. No, God, no, no. I didn't really sort of develop this uh, absolute hatred of feet. It's, well, that's uh, interesting. So was, you had a bad it's experience. It's a later thing, yeah. I think it's sort of seeing more feet when I got older and sort of <laughs> gnarled feet. Children's feet are sort of, at least they have that sort of like... They're very peachy. Yeah, like yeah, plump. yeah. And then, the, yeah, nails go yellow as people get older and, you know, skin hardens and mm-hmm. athletes... Well, it's, they're disgusting, things. <laughs> feet. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> the movie takes a bit of a nosedive in terms of dialogue.
2: Yeah, it does. In terms of a lot of stuff... Um, it is fun and, and visually it's fun. I knew that it, there was a gimmick coming and I wanted the. F- it, it is a film of two halves and one half is, be- is shit, mm. <laughs> basically. So we've got to kill all the vampires and then we team up with Sex Machine and Frost. There's some fun kills, like impaling a vampire on each of a mm. table leg. Like, love that. Hilarious. Yeah. Like, really, I like, really good. I like the
1: fact the band suddenly have a human guitar. That's, That's good. Where did that come from? Yeah. I don't care. It looks cool. Mm.
2: But to be this person, it's just rules, man. Like, I need... When you're dealing with... First of all, you're dealing with vampires. It's okay if we're not going to stick to vampire rules. I'm not going to get my knickers in a twist about that. Mm. But you, you've you got you've got stuff happening in the film, your own film, that you don't stick to. So some of them melt straight away. Some of them don't. Mm. Later some of them on, turn fast. How how Harvey Jacob's like? I think I've got up to an hour based on fucking what?
0: Frost, uh, Frost dies of fright. Uh, In the script, uh, Chet Pussy when he swallows the crucifix, it doesn't happen in the film, but he kills himself in the script because of the pain. But yeah, later on we get them exploding, melting, one turns into a rat dog. Ugh. The, the, the script that
1: Rodriguez said he read um, had all hell breaks loose and there was less than a page of description. So they were just making all this shit up or it got added in by Tarantino, I'm sure in the version you... But, but you're right, it's, it, it's almost throwing too much at the screen. Yeah. So we're not going to bother with dialogue or plot anymore. There's no plot anymore. Yeah. This is just... Chaos and it's fine for five minutes, but I think it just goes on too long and we need to pull it back. No and one has a plan, no story. one ever
2: says they, they go to all the trouble of making set speeches. Isn't that funny? Where it's like, What do we know about vampires? Let's just say, you know, let's yeah. for a minute accept get, that vampires are real, get some rules. No one ever says, Oh, we've just got to wait till morning. That you need, you've got to put a clock on it. And also, Literally, it's it's frustrating. Why
0: you, you don't have a head vampire? Surely uh, Santanico... Don't kill Salma yeah, Hank, Santanico obviously. Pandemonium is your queen. Yeah. Queen of the damned. The head queen vampire yeah. of the T. Twister. Why is she not the big bad at the end? Why is she not in control of all the other vampires? Why kill her so soon? Because you're like, what have you done?
1: You've you've created a movie star Mm, in two minutes and then you got rid of her so fast. You know, this movie suffers when she disappears. And then because
0: Frost sort of becomes head vampire. He's the one who sort of stands there when the bats fly in. You're like, he was a good guy a minute ago. He can't be head vampire now. What are you talking about, movie? Sex Machine does have a dick gun, though. Yeah, he Mm. does. And his transformation is very funny when he's trying to hide it from the others. Yeah, it's really funny. He's brilliant in that moment. (laughs) I agree.
2: So Richie's a vampire. We have a don't point that gun at my brother stop pointing that gun at my dad moment again <laughs> um, and then Seth has to kill him so i'm actually asking the question am i supposed to be bothered about that i'm really glad that richie's dead because mm. obviously bollocks to him but seth gets the emotional transference he's like my brother kind of thing and it's like I couldn't you give are a meant shit to
0: yeah, yeah you are 100% meant to go poor seth i hope he survives this because he's lost his brother yeah Absolutely.
2: Well, so that's bad.
0: It's mad is what it is. <laughs>
2: yeah. So then there's the bats, and then the vampires are, are zombies. They're dead zombies, but... If you're bitten, you're going to turn.
1: Yeah, I mean, they said that while they were making it, they kept calling it their zombie movie. Yeah. I think they were just all over the place in terms yeah. of what kind of film, we, what kind of threat this is.
2: Yeah, Jacob, as I says, he's got quotes up to an hour, <laughs> whatever he says. And also, I can't remember who says it, but they're like, these vampires are mushy. What the fucking fuck? Yeah, they've got, yeah. Soft,
0: they've got soft skin, haven't yeah. they? You so you can punch get their get head off. That. You don't get to have it, And... The th- all of this, I think, would be forgiven if there were more really cool moments in this. But it looks scrappy. It looks messy. The one moment that stands out is obviously Jacob with the shotgun crucifix. That's cool, we're yeah. Pfft, that's And really you're like, good. that's cool. More of that, please. And you'd have got a pass. And they had to come up with that because Jacob had a speech there. Do you
1: know about this? No. Oh, I like this bit of trivia. Go on. Jacob had a speech there that Tarantino wrote in 1990, but it took so long to get the movie made he pulled the speech out and put it in Pulp Fiction, and it's, the, it's the Ezekiel is speech.
2: It? <laughs> That's awesome. That was Jacob's speech. That's really?
1: So cool. he took it out. It kind of makes sense. It does. <laughs> it makes more it sense. Because when he in Pulp
2: Fiction, you're like, what?
1: Yeah, okay. Makes more sense here. Makes yeah. so much more sense. Rodriguez must have been like, oh, God. Really? <laughs> okay. Okay. But he came up with a cool thing. You know, the cross, the cross shotgun is a really good idea. You know, the torn up, I, I do like water pistols filled with holy water. Yeah. That's a fun conceit.
2: And I think uh, from a script perspective, you as kind of daft and chaotic and script wise a little bit shit that the second half is what i think would have happened not saying i know this you get to the end scene and one of the writers the writer's like wouldn't it be awesome if we had a preacher because then we can bless the holy water then you work backwards from there okay let's have a preacher in it a shit script would have been like by a person you're a preacher bless the holy water but what we've done is take jacob make him central to the whole thing and give him a cool story where he's lost his faith and he has to rediscover his faith in order to bless the holy water. That is good writing. If yeah. it happened like that, if it didn't, then whatever. But it is, you, they, they so could have just stuck a preacher in there and mm. got him to bless the water, but they didn't and they did it properly. That's true. And I like it. Yeah. Um yeah, the bats are here. The the gun crossing, which is awesome, gets a bit a team, and so we're tooling up with the, the...
0: pneumatic stakes. Quite yeah, fun. I do
2: like
1: that. I'm really surprised that for this action, they they use this choir, an orchestral score. When I feel like you would have a heavy rock score here, mm. and yeah. I feel like Robert Rodriguez would do that. I was quite shocked by the musical choice once the the, the Mexican band had gone.
2: Yeah. And you mentioned about sex machine becoming the rat that I saw the sketches that Robert Kurtzman had done. And it's like, he wants, he wants a rat in there. Cause he wants to be like well, what I can do. <laughs> it's, it's like
0: the John Waters mechanical spider. Yeah. I don't care what happens, don't but I want my shit. rat.
2: Yeah. And it's it annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. What, you're a vampire rat. Like what the, what? Yeah. No, I don't accept it. And I, I'm it just so pedantic. Co- it's kind
0: of cool. It looks Actually, good. It yeah, looks yeah, good. But, it looks very much like the witches. <laughs> the, it does, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The,
2: the, with Angelica. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Um, you just have to say earlier. Sometimes they become rats.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Really? Would you? you no. If, if you're telling me if one of them, so they're very soft, and I've heard they become rats. Anyway, yeah. would not give that. They a pass. go
2: mushy. They don't go mushy. Yeah. <laughs> vampires are vampires. You're stepping into so many tropes. Mess around with them, sure, but mushy and rats is too far.
0: I still feel like, regardless of the fact it's full of vampires, I would. I, I, when when you when we turn up at the Titty Twister, I'm like. I'd love to drink in that bar.
2: I do wonder what my reaction would be in a situation like that because I've never been to a strip club. It really
0: isn't, though. It's not a strip club, but like
2: the. the No, it's a. Bar with dancers. It's a bar
0: with dancers. A bar with topless dancers. Like you know, you know, they're not in your face. No, I've been I've been to bars with dancers, she a, but the she dancers. Put a foot in his mouth. That's yeah. quite in your face.
2: The dancers are always <laughs> gay men, and then so I was like, well, well, "This is a brilliant space. Like this is fine." But I've never been in a club with a an, a woman dancing okay. in a cage
0: kind of environment. Well, I mean, we can. What we change the venue tonight? Yeah, yeah, that's true. We haven't what, picked a venue? Yeah, what are you do? Venue. What are you doing
2: after? I guess.
0: Honestly, I, I don't know if there, there must still be some in London. Stringfellow still open? I don't. I I don't, don't know. The world has changed yeah. so much. Yeah. I wonder if they still exist. Let us know, <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter. if you're listening, is he dead? Did he die? I don't know. <laughs> He's dead. He's definitely dead. Um, <laughs> 100%. Um, but uh, that could be a Wednesday's Clash question uh, on Twitter. Oh, did you do yeah. the... Have you, have you done the one yet for last week? No, I haven't done the one for last week, but okay. I'll, I, if you want me to take charge on Wednesday, I'll be like, strip clubs, discuss.
2: What is Wednesday's Clash question? I yeah. don't even
0: know. <laughs> Every Wednesday, someone... Well, well, Chris was in charge. I sort of let it fall by the wayside, sure. but uh, he asked a question so on Twitter. Has he been doing that for like three years. So it's the Clash Q. Oh. If... If you are
1: if you had a baby and it came out and it was a zombie, would you kill it? <laughs> this came up once we, we'd lost you and we couldn't ask you it. I think I even texted you it, but you never got back to me.
2: Yeah. That is a brilliant moment. Yeah. Would I kill it?
1: Yeah. No. Oh, you
0: keep a but, zombie baby?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. And then and the world ends. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking selfish. Have some balls.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. Uh, okay, so Jacob dies. <laughs> it and was a Scott great dies. moment.
1: <laughs> I mean, well, Scott's death is quite shocking. Yeah,
2: what? That his sister kills him, or well, yeah, his, dad, bitten, bite, by, his yeah. dad
1: bites him, and his sister kills yeah, him, and just, it, so like you that. don't expect the kid to get to go in that in that way no I thought, it, I thought that took guts to, to put that and they said they were surprised they got that through yeah the only thing the MPAA were upset with about this film was the, the fire scene with John Hawkes at the beginning when he's kicking on the floor when he's on fire
0: Ugh. that's, the only that's thing what I mean like. I told you it's uh, they're right I can't believe I'm that, agreeing with the MPAA but yes it was ga- disturbing and that gag
1: was from The Thing that was them trying to copy The Thing okay. a similar
0: fire gag it's different oh. though he's an alien when that happens in The Thing it's so different you know that's a human man
2: um, and then Here's the sunlight, all comes in through the bullet holes, uh, like in near dark. And then oh. everyone else, it hits the mirror ball, and that's obviously hilarious. Like, yeah. it's a, that is very funny, and it uses the, the space that has been created. It makes sense from a script perspective, like it all lines up. And then Kate, who I suppose has just got full Stockholm syndrome now, I guess, she just wants to keep going with Seth, but he gives her some money to pay for the loss of her entire family, which is entirely his fault. <laughs> then the, the script or the performance or something is saying to me, What a great guy.
0: Hey, because he's he's a bastard.
1: He's not a fucking bastard. That's true. I
2: like that line. It's
1: (laughs) It's interesting. When he was doing the rewrite, he didn't have time to finish the script. And so all the way through the shoot, they were waiting for these fabled last three pages. And and Tarantino said that everyone was building up. What's he going to do? What's he come up with? And he said, all I was ever going to write was a conversation outside the bar and them driving off. But it's sort of been built up that there was going to be this huge, big moment that doesn't really happen. I guess I know... But we, but the audience doesn't know that El Rey is is going to be hell. Oh, I see. And so he's protecting her by not taking it. But we don't know that. The audience doesn't know that. Yeah. If you don't know, understand the references, they're working from. I feel like that should be clear here, that, that he's actually doing a good thing by not, you know, taking her with him, yeah. which is what she wants. And but that's her why... attitude
2: is sort of like this scrape that we got into together didn't work out the way I expected. It kind of skips over the fact that she was kidnapped.
0: She's pretty chill. She's way too chill. Yeah. Also, that's why Cheech uh, Marin is here again, because his character appears at three distinct points, which are the different levels of hell. And he's the right. gatekeeper oh, to nice. each level of hell. Oh, they didn't. Nice. They didn't want him as Carlos. No, Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. They <laughs> wanted from <laughs> Chips. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I don't do... you love
0: the bit though uh, where uh, George Clooney and um, uh, Seth is talking to uh, whatever his name is, Carlos. Is what's his name? The Carlos, guy. Carlos. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's like, there is absolutely nothing <laughs> you can do to make it up to me. My brother's dead. Pause. 20%.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's a it nice callback. him 25. But, but it's a like nice callback,
1: isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. really nice. That's that's clever.
2: And I think the button on the whole thing, the whole thing, is that the titty twister is the top of a temple. Uh, and I think that's awesome. But if they'd had the money, obviously the ending is, it gets swallowed up. To reappear it's a phantom it's not a real thing it like appears when it needs to appear that's what I was waiting to see but fine whatever.
1: It's, a, it's a it's a cool reveal though isn't it and uh, you know there were a couple of sequels I never watched them I'm no. sure they explored some of this mythology the history of this Aztec tam- temple but um and I watched some of the TV shows the TV show was quite good. Mm. Um, on his El Rey network. But yeah, I like that. I like that as an ending. To, yeah. to, 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 this is the tip
0: of the iceberg, yeah. almost literally. Do you know it's really the iceberg. nice? Good. Very good! You're really. welcome. And it's really nice because you've got vehicles from every different era there. Old trapped, you know, yeah. The ones yeah, closest great. to the screen are kind of like antique vintage yeah, cars. Yeah,
2: that is good. So that's it, we're done. Uh, would you like to do the bits?
0: Mm. Chris,
2: what was your best scene? Why are you shaking your head?
1: I really like the snake dance do you you two are so predictable I mean it's probably 18 year old me saying that probably. but it's a, big, it's a it's a very memorable moment from this. probably the most memorable moment from this film and
2: all I'm saying if she suddenly was like and one two three, did a fucking I don't know death. what you're
0: talking of it would be
1: ridiculous this is sexy she comes
2: out and snakes him
0: <laughs>
2: alright fine and you
0: pussy 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 all <laughs> oh, pussy must go At Twister was slashing you. pussy in half. This is a pussy blowout. Make us an offer on a vast selection of pussy. We got pussy, 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 pussy hot pussy, cold pussy, wet pussy, tied pussy, big pussy, pussy, fat pussy, hairy pussy, pussy, velvet pussy, silk pussy, <laughs> <laughs> pussy, silk pussy. <laughs> <laughs> snapping pussy, pussy, pussy. pussy Pussy, fake pussy. Have you got any tits though?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You done? I think so. Well done. Well that's getting clipped out. (laughs) Uh,
0: No uh, in reality I just want to do it for shits and giggles. It's either um, Benny's world of liquor becoming Benny's world of blood at the start. I know I find it disturbing but it's just such a brilliantly written fun tense scene or it's the last shot. Uh, That's the one I remember from a kid Mm. that last shot of the vehicles behind the Aztec temple or whatever temple it is.
1: That was my other one but once Vicky attacked the snake dance I changed. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, Mine is Benny's world of liquor everyone's like the first 10 minutes were amazing I think it's whatever minute Quentin Tarantino shows up it stops being amazing (laughs) but I can be mean to him because he wrote it and it's fucking awesome and then he wrecks it by being in it Um, but yeah it's very good your most valuable whatever Alex Uh,
0: it's a very very special mention to the corpse guitar Um, (laughs) that is almost the best thing in it because it's hideous and brilliant and the fact it just turns up it's Clooney For me, I absolutely love him in this role. And I think I mentioned it earlier, the fact that despite everything that he is as that character and everything he does and all the wrongness, I'm still really invested in Seth and think he's a badass by the end and I'm on board with him. So, yeah, it's Clooney as Seth Gecko. Okay, and what about you? shaking your head at my MVW I know I'm so sorry
2: it's just that is exact sort of man that you like mm-hmm. and it's just it's so I'm not I haven't got an issue he's so nearly there mm. there's something missing from it even from the Clooney there's just something missing mm. and I don't know it's just some depth maybe the stuff with Richie would have helped a little bit like if I understood a bit more why he tolerated him but he but, says
0: cool stuff and holds a gun uh, sideways is, oh, why am
2: I even talking the, the minute anyone holds a gun sideways that's mm. it you're in love with them Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Welcome That's to how he, slavery. <laughs> I was married once already.
2: <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I want to meet her or him. I don't know. But sorry, Chris, you, you were saying.
1: Uh, MVW for me, uh, for the choreography of the snake
0: dance, Salma Hayek. <laughs> <laughs> As a kid, that genuinely was the moment we were all like, oh, my yeah, God. Uh, this is
2: why it's an 18. Yeah. Uh, my MVW is actually Juliet Lewis because... California and Natural Bone Killers, she's really memorable in that. And then I do sometimes forget her in Cape Fear a bit because obviously Robert De Niro nicks it. So I'd forgotten that she can be so sweet and so innocent and she's just got like amazing range. Like she is so mm. pure in this. And then in those films, she's really not. And she does nearly act everyone else off the screen, as even Clooney. And obviously, especially Quentin Tarantino. Harvey Keitel is also very awesome. Mm. And that's that. Uh, what would you change, Alex?
0: Uh, do not try and make us care for a rapist and murderer, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Is that it? That's it, yeah. It's just a mad, mad thing that the film does. And I understood what Chris said at the start about, you're not meant to like these guys. It's like, but are you meant to hate them? <laughs> yeah.
1: What about you? Frost's Vietnam story. Mm. I like it. But it should end with him revealing that that night he was turned into a werewolf. And it's a full moon. I'd like Frost to become a werewolf now. I don't need a rat. No. (laughs) Make a werewolf and have a werewolf fight these vampires. That's what this film needs. Mm, Um, I also think it would be more interesting. The tone becomes so comedic when the vampires show up. I would like to see a version of this film where the vampires are the near dark vampires. And let's continue with the Tarantino tone that we've got from the first half of the movie. Yeah, Not as much fun, but I think it could work as a film. Yeah. Couple, um, couple for you there. All right, yeah. So
0: food for thought. Both of those are great. Food for thought. Yeah, I'm thinking about them now.
2: <laughs> My, we've done it already, but I think Salma Hayek... You just can't kill her. She's just got to be the main baddie. It would be a challenge because you're in one location. She somehow needs to be at the other side of that location, and the goodies are at the other side, and they're coordinating a final assault of some sort. And the plan is we need to get rid of her. We get kill the queen, and everything's fine, kind of thing. So, but we did say that before. But that is that's my change. That's
0: it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Do you want me to do the speech again? (laughs) I can. I got it here. I got it right here. I can do it again.
2: I would like to record it. If Mm. you're not going to clip it out, and then one day I will fucking ruin you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right then, that is from dusk till dawn done. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! So my choices this week, I am going to start with Mmm, interesting one. I'm not sure which way people are going to vote. I sometimes do know which way people are going to vote. I'm going to start with Chris, I think, this time. Sure. Uh, I enjoy both of these films, Um,
1: but I, I... This problem with Richie really spoils from Dust Till Dawn for me and makes me not want to watch it, Mm. which is pretty serious. And so, with Near Dark, um, it's a flawed film. You've pointed out even more flaws to me today, but I think there's a beauty to it, there's a cruelty, there's a purity to it that makes it just that much more memorable for me. And I think it's the superior film. So, I'm picking Near Dark.
0: (laughs) All right, then. I'm going to jump in next. Uh, So, from Dust Till Dawn is not the movie. I remember. It's far nastier, but it is also fun and dumb and has a star turn from Clooney. New Dark was a first watch, and perhaps due to Chris's enthusiasm, I expected to love it more than I did. I did not love it. It fails to explain its vampire characters enough for me to understand them and their stupid decisions, and I found Caleb a wet blanket of a protagonist. However, it does look amazing. Ultimately, one of these is a movie that I was left grinning afterwards and forgave its flaws. Uh, maybe nostalgia played a little bit of a part, but despite its shortcomings, From Dusk Till Dawn Ooh. gets my vote. Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new thing. <laughs> that was a joke. I feel bad about last week. Go on then. Uh, shall I go? Hiya.
2: Uh Near Dark makes me feel anxious because I want to some place to call home like a fun gang or just some attraction to being a vampire rather than just utter horrible way of living and Caleb is such a misery that I find it really frustrating and just till dawn obviously it's very flawed but it is good fun but the blatant the flagrant rule breaking I cannot cope with and I think using it as a showreel for effects which then muddies the story is unforgivable (laughs) and the good half is the criminal half by some distance, but that's ruined by underdeveloped character work, uh, which actually wouldn't be an issue if the geckos were John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson, but they're not. So, I think Near Dark, for those reasons, is better. (laughs) So, Near Dark...
0: That's a weak win for Near Dark. <laughs> a weak win for Near Dark. I know. But a win, nevertheless, boo. It was close. It was close. Boo, you yeah. guys. Boo, you guys. <laughs> Near what? Dark is the win. Boo, pathetic. New thing that we're all doing, apparently. Pathetic. <laughs> Only when you pick the film you're in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I'd have given to be at the Titty Twister. Oh, my God. That would have been great if I was in From Dusk Till Dawn. Man. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on, near dark You're is pushing our Cheech winner.
2: Marinovi. i I'll do it. I
0: can do it. I can do it. <laughs> Sweaty pussy. <laughs> Bloody? Do I have to say the bloody one? <laughs> Snapping pussy. Yeah, I can Snappy. do that. Yeah, I might do that. I wonder if we... Uh, I need to find a reason to do that.
2: A space somewhere to do that. <laughs> I, I can't help you. Right
0: then. Uh, let's move away from me getting myself in even more trouble. And look ahead to next week. Uh, reminder, congratulations. Near Dark it's our winner. If you disagree and think from Dust till dawn should have won, or you agree that oh, these are fucking losers and think Near Dark was the right choice... a uh, you...
2: fucking loser.
0: I didn't say that, <laughs> (laughs) Pathetic. Did you? What did you you hear? We're
2: fucking losers. I did not. I think we're winners. (laughs)
0: We just won. (laughs) Literally just (laughs) won. All right. So, if you. I I can see I've upset you. I'll rephrase. If you agree with these losers, then you can get on the poll. He acts like he's made the movies. I know. It's really funny. (laughs) It's so bizarre. Uh, What can I say? I get passionate about these things. I get passionate about them. That's Mm -hmm. all. So. If you agree with these fucking losers... Let's do next week's films! (laughs) Get on the poll. It'll be on Twitter shortly. You can have your vote and vote for From Dust Till Dawn. Right then, yeah. Next week then. So, Chris, what was the clue you gave us on Monday? It was Clash of the Holiday titles. Mm. I'm
1: expecting a few people to get it. Yeah, I think that's gettable. Uh, So, wrong way round, but we do them in chronological order. So, on Monday, Vicky will be talking us through... Black Christmas. That's the original Black Christmas from 1974, is mm. it? Yep. Um, and I, it's available to rent a few places, but it's also free on our website called Plex if you do want to watch that version. And then on Thursday, we're going back to the daddy of the slasher genre. Alex is doing Halloween, mm. the 1978 Halloween. version. <laughs> no, 1978 <laughs> Halloween. Oh,
0: what? I've, I've done all the research on the Rob Zombie <laughs> version, man. I can talk us through the 78 Halloween. Yeah, uh, I know you can, which is why I've done very little. <laughs> <laughs> very little prep. Uh, all right. What a great way to end Clash Halloween, but not really, because we've got a slightly longer Clash Halloween. Yeah, weekend. and I could, I could tell you where Halloween is uh, available, but you've all seen it. What's the point? Mm. It's available everywhere. It is available everywhere. Yeah. So... That is our next week. Our final clash of ween countdown is 1974. Black Christmas versus 1978 Halloween. Right then. Zombies, uh, witches, zombies, and now vampires. It's the turn of the slashes next week. We'll be back on Monday as we begin that pairing with Black Christmas. Until then, please do subscribe if you haven't already. Get in touch with us on Twitter if you'd like to. The Twitter poll's on there. The Clash Q, which I believe this week is about strip bars and whether they're still available. Uh, (laughs) It's it's, it's Peter Strickfellow still alive. Uh, He's he's not. He died in 2018. It's it's a big week on... uh, I didn't kill him. It's (laughs) fine. A big week on Twitter for us. So uh, find us at ClashPod. Have a lovely weekend and and we'll speak to you on Monday. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.